Evening, ladies and gentlemen of the internet. Welcome to the podcast, Love the Graps. It's just Chris here, uh, just checking in with you. Hope you're okay. Just wanted to make sure you hadn't had a, a nasty fall in the cold weather. It's been very icy, very snowy in parts of the UK. Um, <clears throat> no regular Love the Graps podcast from myself and Alan this week, but I'm just going to introduce a new thing that we're going to be doing going forward, and that is a series of interviews by our good friend Joe Atherton, um, friend of the show, a uh, friend of British wrestling. Uh, you'll see him around. He's um, he's visible, you know, rolling around at these shows, always chatting, always um, making a fool of himself, um, but he is a good lad. And he has been out there getting guerrilla interviews with uh, the best and brightest of British wrestling nowadays. Nowadays? That's a weird word to use. Um, Often in a pub. Often over a pint of mild bitter. Um, And this week he he managed to catch up with Kip Sabian. Uh, Super bad Kip Sabian. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do the... uh, the 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 the, the sue uh, sue no I'm not doing it not doing it um so buckle up have a listen I uh, hope you enjoy it and um we'll be diving into Joe's archive and getting a few more of these interviews up in the coming weeks and months and I look forward to hearing what he's got next so thanks enjoy see ya. Hello and welcome to another episode of Tables, Others and Chairs. Today I have a young man with me who's uh, making quite the noise on the British scene. He is super bad Kip Sabian. Hey, 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 hey. Athers. Yes, you, mate. You know me well enough by now, mate. Yeah? When it comes to introductions, what happens? Do you, do you want to take it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll show you sort of the best way to do it, okay? But I'll let you off because it is your podcast. Thank you. So introduce me as the heartbreaking, night-making, hunkiest hunk, handsome hustler, your girlfriend's favourite wrestler, super bad Kip Sabian on tables, athers and chairs, okay? I'm sorry about that. That's okay, man. You're forgiven. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Uh, Cold, but apart from that, not too bad. Don't get me started on the cold. It's horrid. Um, so yeah, let's just dive straight in. Um, what are your earliest memories of pro professional wrestling? God knows. Uh, I remember. I remember staying up for a pay per view. I couldn't tell you what pay per view it was, but Booker T was on it. So it's clearly the WCW pay per view. And my dad let me stay up. That's my first like actual memory of wrestling. And then I remember. I used, to, I used to watch WWE after that, but then we didn't have Sky anymore. So the only way that I could watch WWE was on like a Saturday morning on, it was like Heat, something like that, Heat or something. But I remember I was a big WWE fan. So my dad was like, for your birthday, we're going to take you to go and see a live show. I was like, oh, this is sick. Like, I'm, I'm buzzing for this. We go to this show, I don't know, I'm like eight or nine, something like this. And we turn up and I'm like, I don't recognise the logo, what is this? It's a WCW event. <laughs> I have no idea who any of the WCW wrestlers are. <laughs> However, I'm not going to tell my dad this because he's so happy he took me. And I remember seeing 
Who did I see? I'm pretty sure that I saw Booker T again, which is why Booker T is like in my all-time top five because he's the man. Or as he'd say, his fave five. He, yeah, too right. As, you can't see it right now, but I'm doing that five time. But yeah, and that's one from my earliest memory. But I don't really remember wrestling too much in my youth. But I was a fan, but I wasn't like a follow the storyline fan. Like I, I just used to watch it like randomly, and me and my brother would always like be out on our friend's trampoline, pretending to wrestle with each other. And then I just fell out of love with wrestling for a while, and then uh, ended up coming back to it and started ye old backyard, the infamous backyarding. Did you have a backyard name? I did. Well, my original backyard name, which this is an inside scoop. Very few people know this, but I was Tidal Wave because I was a big Hurricane fan. So clearly, if you're a fan of the Hurricane, in comes Tidal Wave. So I created him on one of the Smackdown games, I remember. And he looked terrible, but he was basically a blue version of the Hurricane. And then I wrestled for a while as, as Jet Kippen and Jet James. Uh, with with uh, Will Ospreay and, and Flash and Hitch and all of those guys. And then, yeah. And then took it up as a profession, I guess. So uh, when did you start training? At what age? Uh, it was like 17-ish, I guess. 16, 17. Um, I tried to train with XWA. So basically, I decided I wanted to train. Um, so I looked online for, oh, where can I train? And I came across the XWA school. So I contacted Dan Reed at the time. I think this was before he was, like, the main owner. And uh, he was like, okay, if you get a train to Ipswich, which I was from Norwich, so it's not that far. It's only, like, one train. And we'll meet you there, and then we'll go to training. So I'm, like, absolutely, like, buzzing for this sort of training experience. And then on the day... Dan sends me a message. Sorry, the training school's closed down. I was like, no, are you serious? Like, what? So then I went a little while with no training. And then a good friend of mine, Joe Penny, uh, one too many, um, who is a referee at WAW, knew of our little yarding group and sent us a message saying, we're running a training uh, session before a show uh, in Galston, which is my hometown. Um do you want to come along? It's only this amount and you get some training. I was like, yeah, sure. So me and a few of my yard mates went along. Really enjoyed it. And then uh, they asked if we wanted to come back for their like summer camp. And then, uh, yeah, it, it went from there. So who is it that trained you? Uh, Soraya Knight, uh, Ricky Knight, Roy, Zebra Kid back then. Obviously, Roy and Zach, the hooligans now. Um... Obviously, Raya was there as well, Paige. Um, so sort of that, that group were my main introduction. But it was great, man. It was like, it was an old school British style as well. That's what I liked. Like, we got in there, we grappled, we fought each other. Every hit was legit. Like, it was like a proper way in. And like now I'm, I'm grateful that I got that way in to wrestling. Um, and then now when I take training seminars or the school that I've got up in Batley uh, that's the same kind of mentality that I try and push on to people uh, but yeah so I started there I've got a great story about when I first started which uh, again I've never really spoken about on a, on a podcast or anything like this but um, I went to my first sort of proper training school this summer camp 
and uh, first day they said to us right put yourself in groups so like flyers technical brawlers so obviously being the sort of little backyard kid that I was I was like oh, I'm, I'm obviously a high flyer like I'm a cruiserweight um, however if you watch me work now you can see that I'm not really a flyer uh, but back then I was um, and, th- and they paired us up with someone else in another group so I had this, this pairing um, and he was like what can you do so I said all my stupid ridiculous moves we put a five minute match together went out and did the match and everything went wrong everything went wrong I did a top rope runner he'd never taken one it, we landed really funny he nearly broke his neck um, afterwards uh, Soraya or Julia sat me down in, in front of the entire class and tore me a new one basically I'm assuming at that point it was and we've obviously spoken about it since and we laugh about it now but it, because I was an egotistical little backyarder who thought I knew more than I did it was a knockdown a peg so I got torn an absolute new one in front of everyone I've never been so embarrassed in my life she then put me in with a guy called Scott Fusion who was one of their main sort of heavyweights at that time and said right I want you to do another match with Scott so I went away with Scott and we, we had the most basic match ever we got in there and clearly there'd been a little word of right rough him up a little bit and he beat the crap out of me um, it, it came to his finisher which at the time was a wheelbarrow German um, and he was quite short but he was quite big so it was a real whiplash kind of German and we went to do it and Julia goes no 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 that's enough that's enough I then went no just give me it anyway he, he gave me the German one two three I get another bit of a bollock in uh, sit there for the rest of the session just embarrassed gets the next day because they were like a three day in a row sort of full day training gets the next day I turn up Julia comes straight over to me gives me a hug and says you've got my respect now because she didn't think I was going to turn up she thought that that was going to be me gone but because I came back the next day and ever since she's been like one of my closest friends in wrestling and obviously mental yeah so that's my introduction into pro wrestling I guess and since then it's been brilliant so I take it you started at WAW I certainly did back in the uh, the Knight Dynasty can you remember your first match was against? It was a, it was like a, like a multi-man, but like a gauntlet version. So it was like, actually, it was more of a handicap. I think it was like maybe like five on one against Carl Kramer, the barbarian, who was obviously a big lad. And uh, I came in with my Elucha tights and borrowed kick pads, which I think I borrowed from Will years ago, um, and a vest top skinny kid massive blonde fringe going as well like the epitome of scene and uh, went in there and I think I hit like three drop kicks in a row and then took a like a massive like flapjack and then lost from there on but I, 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 I always remember as he like pushes me up for the flapjack like almost hitting the ceiling because like I was so, I was so small like I was like I don't know five five six five seven like under nine stone easy like I was easy to throw around like back then I think that's why guys like to wrestle me because they could literally just throw me around as much as they wanted uh, and then now I'm not exactly the biggest guy but I, I think I sometimes forget that I'm not that small kid anymore so how did you find WAW on the whole? I loved it like the thing with Norwich is Norwich is is very out of the way in the country um, and the fan base themselves are a very core 
like we like to say old school style fan base where it's almost like a territory yeah. um, and it still is to this day like it's one of the rare places where it's still a territory and like I got the chance there for six odd years before I moved to hone my craft there before eventually spreading my wings and breaking out etc and I don't think I could have hoped for anything more I mean at the time obviously all I wanted to do was be everywhere but I now am happy that it took longer for me to to actually get out there I've just seen a Minnesota Vikings t-shirt boo get out now who do you follow? Leafs brother about, about not mention I'm a Raiders fan then oh what get out now <laughs> leave um, so who would you say like when you were in WAW what was the best experience or best match that you had when you were there tagging with Brad um, so very early on they teamed me and Brad Slayer together um, as special edition uh, because we both liked the same bands had the same haircut um, me and Brad became friends instantly like as soon as we started training we became like instant best mates and I think it really helped us as a, as a team because we had that natural kind of chemistry going um, so obviously I spent a lot of time tagging with Brad um, Brad eventually ended up getting an injury on his knee um, and prior to that the only time I'd really done much single stuff was right at the start or when I was yarding so it was kind of a shock for me at that point to go oh damn I've got to transition into being a singles wrestler now after years of being predominantly a tag team um, the best match we ever had came later which was I, I want to say 2016 maybe 15 um, but it was me and Brad versus the hooligans and we were on last and the hooligans were over as hell because it, it's Norwich and Roy and Zach are like the most over thing going and uh, we started the match and we got booed a little bit so like they introduced us and we got like a bit of a boo they introduced the hooligans they got a big sort of cheer by the end of the match like we got like a standing ovation um, they then gave us the big speech about how good we were uh, which was quite a big moment for me and Brad as well because obviously coming into it they were like the guys that were always one step above us and then when they started tagging because we tagged before them but when they started tagging they were still always like the top babyface team of the hooligans special edition of like the uh, the stand-ins we're like the reserves we're waiting do you know what I mean we still got our opportunities but it wasn't that so then to have that moment was probably the best match that we had there there were loads of great matches man but it's just finding them back now like Alex Young's another like great worker I had some really great matches with him Uh, he did five star the other day Um, Ricky Knight Jr we had some good ones we had a really good one from Epic Studios that I just can't seem to find anywhere so if anyone can find that please let me know uh, you talked about branching out from WAW. Yeah. Where was the first place that you went to after you did that? Um, I mean, while I was still living in Norwich, because that was the problem, was because I was living in Norwich, it was hard for people to take a chance and bring me on my own to all these places because, again, it, it costs a lot more money to bring someone. Um, so I had a few with uh, places like DOA, um, uh Fight Factory in Lincoln, I had a few for them. Um, RCWA, which, again, was Will's promotion uh, from when we used to do it, and then it transitioned into being a uh, sort of pro promotion, which is still going really well now. But they were, like, the main ones that I'd do stuff for. Um, I went to France 
and wrestled for ECTA over there, uh, where me and Brad won their French Tag Championships. And I think I won, yeah, I won their Junior Championship as well, because um, there was a working relationship with the WW guys and uh, and the French company. But apart from that, I'd not really been in the wrestling fans' eyes, like the indie kind of eyes. So I guess the first place after would have been, I want to say like Southside, maybe. Yeah, I think it must have been. It was like Southside or Hope, or both kind of very close together, I think. I was going to say the first place I remember seeing Steve you Lynch? was the first um, Lucha Forever show in Birmingham. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I'd have, I think I'd have done, I believe you were the Hope uh, King of Flight champion at the time. So I'd, I'd gone to Southside and done the ladder match where I joined GBH, and then I'd gone to Hope. On, and on my debut won the Kings of Flight tournament um, and then it was like pretty much straight after that that then Lucha Forever started which was some of the best times that I've had in wrestling still to this day I miss Lucha Forever I'll be honest I, I think a lot of fans miss Lucha Forever was, um, man. like this is what I was, like, I was saying to Ryan like I, I always say to Ryan and, and Will but like as much as like I'd had an opportunity to wrestle for these other places, Lucha was the first place that kind of went, right, what can you do? Show us what you can do. We know you can do it. Go out and do it. And they really gave me the ball to run with. Like The, um, the self-introduction I'd done prior to that, but it was there that it really kind of became a, a stable thing. The suit bad thing as well like I'd been doing that for a while but then at Lucha Forever it became a thing and like I was new to the whole like Twitter buzz as well that was the thing so like because of these places I've worked it wasn't really an internet kind of crowd so as soon as we did that one in Birmingham I looked at my phone and I was like oh my god what's a gif like there's they're, they're, how have they managed to do this like I can now see me like five minutes after I've done it because they were like live gifing and stuff and it was just really good like I think that was and like Ryan as well like gave me the opportunity as the first ever Lucha Forever match um, to have the mic which is something that I've always I've always like wanted to be a mic guy but I'd always been a little bit dubious of it or nervous to do it or I'd not been given the opportunity like it's very rare a promoter will go here you go have the mic you've got like three minutes like cut a promo so, would you say it's the strongest part of your game now Back then, I don't think it was. But it was that show where then I did the, the mic work there. And I remember coming back after the match and going, OK, I, I think I'm onto something here. Like, I'm onto the, the character. Because the character was still developing back then. It was, it was more like Pretty Boy Ladies Man back then. And then since then, it's slowly developed into... I don't know how to describe it. I'd say, like, super bad is how I'd describe it. Like, it's really weird. But yeah, that was like the first time that that part of my game became apparent and then from there on all I wanted to do was constantly go right how can I now get my mic work to the next level or my character to the next level and like it was less focusing on oh I want to do the coolest moves and more like right what can I do that no one's doing that's going to make people go ah I I want to see Kip wrestle because I'd I'd been doing all the stupid moves and I'd get like a ah that was sick but I'm not a Will Ospreay, like, I'm not a Ryan, I'm not, I'm not one of those guys that can do these crazy moves, picture perfect first time, but I think for a long time I was battling with myself going, you have to be that guy, 
and then I think it was that that show where I then sat there and went okay you don't have to try and be someone that you're not just be this character speaking of um, being someone that you're not how close is the real you to the character Kip Sabian <laughs> ask my girlfriend no um so, so like it it's not you turned up to 11. But this is what I mean, like, it sounds cliche to a degree, but it's kind of like all of the... Because everyone can get, like, pissed off and become a dick at some point. Like, everyone does it, right? It's that side of me, and then just turn it up, like, loads. And, like, it's funny because... So I'll, I'll do the gimmick, and then I'll go to the merch table, and, or I'll, I'll be chatting with fans or whatever. And it's hilarious how if they've not seen me before or they've not approached me at merch, they're a bit dubious because it's like, oh, this guy's an absolute dick. And then they meet me and it's like, oh, wait a second. <laughs> like, I don't know, like, I'd like to say that it's none of me, but it is, it is a part of me that I just jump into. And then since then, it's just become all these little mannerisms that are more than that. And then, to be honest... There's a lot of influences that I've taken from other wrestlers as well, like subliminally. Like Chris Travis is like, or has been, one of my biggest influences slash idols for since I started like pro wrestling and I came across Trav and Kirby, which is really funny because me and Kirby, like, we were driving together the other week and we're like really good friends now and said how great Kirby said to me the other day and tweeted about it saying how good it would be for me and him to become a team. Um, and for me, like, I said it to Kirby, for me that was like a massive, like, compliment because it means that I'm doing something right in sort of the Trav men. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to copy Trav, but subliminally I can't help but idolise and draw inspirations from Travis's game. Recently, you uh, made your debut at Progress. How did that go for you? I did. Uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was surreal, man. Like, for years, I'd said how I wanted to work for Progress since, like I said to Glenn, like, since chapter two. So I watched Will and um, one of our friends, Alex Esmail. Velocity Vipers. Velocity Vipers. Um, who started tagging at uh, Lucha Britannia together. And I watched them debut against the London Riots. And uh, instantly I was like, oh man, this show looks so good. I really want to be a part of it. But I didn't know how to back then. Um, and then I got sort of caught up in the stuff I was doing. Um, but I still always wanted to debut Progress. And like, I'd sent them loads of messages like over the years and there'd never really been an opportunity. And then I met Glenn at a Lucha show, I think. And he gave me some really good sort of feedback and said he really liked the character and he'd be in touch in the future. And I just took it as, ah, that's nice. At least he's giving me a compliment, but they've got their guys they're using. And then out of the blue, I got an email from John. Are you available? Let me check my diary. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, and it happened. And that was the first time I'd wrestled with, uh, with Eva. Um, and, like, the, the crowd seemed to really, like, go with the gimmick as well. And, yeah, it was a really fun experience, mainly for me on a personal level to say, okay, I've finally got the, the progress debut under my belt. And hopefully things come from it, but if they don't, then at least I can tick it off as, okay, I've wrestled for them now. 
Um, what would you say is like the most difficult part of the job of being a professional wrestler? Um, Apart from the cold dressing rooms. Uh, yeah, the yeah. Damn it, you've taken it from me. I don't know, man. Like long, it's long. It's like long hours, um, which sounds silly because you're in the ring for like I don't know, 15, 20 minutes. But like, it's getting there. You, obviously, I I love it when I'm there because obviously you've got the boys in the locker room and it's. It's, it's that kind of team mentality and that's my favourite thing to be around is around the boys and the fans etc but it's long hours on the road um, getting in at like 3 or 4 in the morning going to sleep waking up the next day dragging yourself out of bed going to the gym then heading off to the shit like it sounds silly because I went from back in Norwich or Yarmouth whatever I was, I was a call centre manager working Monday to Friday and wrestling on the weekends but I feel more tired now that everything's on wrestling now that I'm doing it full time because you're just constantly focusing on what you're doing. I don't know, man. Like, I think there's just a lot of hard bits, but it's easily outweighed by how great it is. Right. want to quickly end this with a word association game. Hit me up, brother. Right. And I'm going to cover these names so you can't see them. Okay. Damien Dunn. Love. Drew Parker. Hair. Good shout. Flash Morgan Webster. Napalm. El Ligero. <laughs> stop, stop tweeting that you beat me. <laughs> Nathan Cruz. Professional. Chris Brooks. Hair. <laughs> Eddie Dennis. <laughs> I keep wanting to say hair because I saw a video of Eddie the other day and his hair looked really good. I watched the, the Welsh thing, uh, the Welsh BBC documentary, and he just got a sweet fade. Uh, I don't know. Eddie is beautiful. There you go, that'll do. Jack Sexsmith. Oh. <laughs> Wrestler. <laughs> Cara Noir. Oh, egg. <laughs> Sarai Knight. Hard as fuck. W-A-W. Home. Southside. GBH. Hope. Uh, <laughs> Mansfield. <laughs> Name of venue. Progress. Achievement. Lucha forever. Oh. Best. Kip Sabian. Your girlfriend's favourite wrestler. And finally, where do you see yourself in five years' time? Oh, man, I don't know. Uh, I'd like to be still doing what I'm doing. Um, but obviously, have branched out into other areas. I mean, Japan is a big thing for me. Um, I've always wanted to go to Japan. I got into Noah very early uh, when I started pro wrestling. Um, Noah was a big influence for me, so Noah is probably like up there. Um, I'd like to go to America. I'd love to do a WrestleMania weekend. Um, I mean, I, I'm, I, I'm just enjoying what I'm doing. Like another met like IPW at, at the moment under Billy Wood is killing it. So like 
I'm really happy to be a part of what he's doing there and he seems to put a lot of faith in me like Ryan and Will did with Lucha um, so hopefully they grow as well to the point where they're at the top because um, I'm really enjoying what I'm doing there I don't know man I just want to keep wrestling and having these great chats with you in a pub nice one um, I think that's a great point to end it uh, so Bad. Thank you, Athens. Thank you very much for your time. Thank, thank you for letting me have a go in your chair as well. In uh, just before we filmed this, not a problem. Thanks, mate. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Damn. <laughs> oh, god, damn.